0: Uh, I I removed everything from my computer and put it into um, hard drives because I thought that it would actually help with the amount of like issues that I've been running into but I think the issue that I'm running into is that I just need a bigger computer (laughs) with more space. I think it's been touch and go anyway that I've been doing like 100% of my production and DJing on a MacBook Air anyway um so I think that it's time to upgrade to the pro but I'm gonna try not to uh I'm gonna try uh not to think too much about my my to-do list or even like thing, things that I want slash need um yeah there yeah self-induced depression so uh let's see where was I oh I was just uh I'm just starting to add back music um that I've collected over the last few years like into my music library it's actually been nice kind of just having my um my iTunes just the music that I've purchased it's very clean and simple (laughs) um like just the music that I've purchased through iTunes is there And so that, um, it keeps it clean, but um, now that I'm adding back, like, it's also, like, how am I going to get through an entire set (laughs) with just the music that I've purchased? Entirely possible, but I try not to play, um, I'll try not to play uh, an artist more than, like, twice in a mix. So, I mean, like, because I collect my, my music, I catalog my music, which means collecting it by the album um typically if i buy a whole album like i want the whole thing not just a couple singles off of it um which is by the way how you get to like the good stuff (laughs) um not the most popular music but the music that's like um sometimes just hidden you know on on an album that might have like one hit song or like one song everybody knows really well um i'll usually take the whole album and catalog it just because there's there's typically like you know um the whole album's good uh anyway what was i oh this this fucking this thing i don't even know how to fucking um present this idea other than to just do it especially since i'm not like actively watching desperate housewives at the moment (laughs) like i wanted to Uh, I wanted to keep doing that, that's like my favorite fucking show, (laughs) Um, as an adult, because I watched it as a kid, and I liked it, Um, I think that I just liked, I don't know, now it's making sense to me though, because now my brain is pulling things apart in like a, in like, ways that it hasn't really ever pulled things apart before, I'm almost actually worried about myself. Uh, it's like when a computer, like, figures out too much about itself, it just resets. That's kind of, like, happening with my actual, like, human mind. As I'm figuring out, like, way too much about how shit works. And even, like, I'm even getting better at math, which sucks. I don't like that. Like, I don't like the fact that my brain is, is, like, rapidly, like, now stopping because I'm listening to myself speak. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like, pulling things apart algorithmically at a, at a faster pace than normal for, like, no reason whatsoever. That's apparent to me. And, uh, I don't like it. I don't like figuring out too much. But I actually, I was a Disney kid growing up. I think I've said that. Um, I love Disney. I actually recently heard that I missed, there's a parade on Christmas Day. Um, there's a Disney parade on Christmas Day in New York that I missed. <laughs> I, I don't, um. I can't believe, for the life of me, that I missed that. But I think I was too busy running around on Christmas hating Christmas. Um, so that—that's—that's uh, that's what I get for being a Scrooge. But um, I was a Disney kid growing up. I still love Disney. Um, you know, still I'm not like huge. I'm not like huge on Disney princess stuff. Um, I went to school with like a bunch of girls that were Disney princess this and Disney princess that. And uh, funny thing about me is like growing up, like my, my mom was, uh, uh, you know, I, I had black mom, so she she was like traumatized enough to the point where we got to the mid '90s and she's like, "This shit ain't for you." <laughs> like, okay, all right, mom. Like, no, no Ariel, no fucking Sleeping Beauty, no fucking. I got Lilo and Stitch because she was kind of brown. Um, But that, you know, is just like a perfect example of what reverse racism can do to you in a a fucking, um, you know, real world situation. It's like, I still haven't seen The Little Mermaid. I think I saw the beginning of uh, Beauty and the Beast, not Sleeping Beauty. I still haven't seen Sleeping Beauty. Snow White is a no. Um, You know, um, I did get Alice in Wonderland, but I think that's just more of like... I think I got lucky, and because there's, like, more caterpillars and and talking flowers and shit than actual, um, systematic racism in there, (laughs) so my mom was like, here, you can have this one, um, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't big on Disney princesses, but huge on Disney, so I mean, like, Mickey Mouse, um, you know, like, like, classic Disney stuff, I love classic Disney, and, um, of course, Disney Channel, Disney, Disney, Disney disney everything i wasn't like huge on nickelodeon um but was and luckily those channels were like two channels away from each other um so when i when when uh disney wasn't putting out i could always nick (laughs) um but yeah speaking of such is uh let's see what what did i figure out about oh desperate housewives um desperate housewives one of the best shows ever um super highly rated i guess um, too, as well, now that I'm, like, looking back. I'm, like, an IMDb freak. I started on this in the last episode but never finished my thought because I got doorway syndrome. Um, so while I'm sitting here, like, I started watching something on fucking, uh, Amazon Prime that I liked a couple of years back. And so now I'm, like, re-watching it, like, watching it in five-minute segments while I, like, scarf down my dinner and try to figure out, um, what kind of musician I'm supposed to be or something. Um... But the cool thing about watching something on Amazon Prime is like I'm I usually have a couple IMDB tabs open like on my device anyway (laughs) so i'll be like what who wrote this or like like i can't enjoy anything anymore so i'll be like who wrote this or like who did the costumes like who's the casting director because i like everybody's face like like i'll just end up like fucking or who did the music now you know um as soon as i'm watching something i can't even i like shazam youtube commercials that's how bad it is i'll be like what is this what like who made this Um, but (laughs) Desperate Housewives is easy. At least for the first couple seasons, Danny Elfman, um, did the score, which is cool. He is an incredible composer. Um, like, I, I, I think I've been talking about my background enough to, you know, kind of reiterate that, like, um, my, my foundation is, like, in theater and in, like, film. So, uh. Like, a number of my favorite composers are, of course, like, film and TV composers. Danny Elfman being one of them. Um, Hans Zimmer, um, uh, being another, of course. But, uh, anywho. <laughs> yeah, Danny Elfman did the score, so it was fucking cool to listen to. Um, they replaced him after a couple seasons, though. So you get to, like, you get to, like, the fourth season, which is where most shows, um, most TV shows, especially Golden Era TV shows, will, like, uh kind of like fizzle out and and like lose some of the magic from the beginning because now they're doing stuff more for um like audience appeal rather than just story um which is kind of interesting because now that I'm an artist and in entertainment I'm noticing that in every realm of entertainment in whatever category kind of has that shelf kind of has that like tipping point of like well it just went from like magical and everybody loves it and it's a hit and fucking now we're getting academy awards in whatever category um yeah like I I realized something is like once something wins an academy award that is when like it that's when the fizzle starts typically is like oh now you're doing this for fucking like now you're doing this for audience appeal and it becomes very obvious um but yeah um I think my connection to Desperate Housewives is more along the lines of just, like, I was raised by Disney in this weird way that it's like I went from being a Disney kid to being on Lifetime, but, like, <laughs> you know, and, like, watching watching Desperate Housewives and shit, but Desperate Housewives was ABC, I think it originally was, um, which is an affiliate of Disney, and so when I was, when and now, um rewatching this series as an adult, which is so much more fucking like, it's just, it's a lot more satisfying as an adult, I think, to watch that series than it was as a kid, as a kid, I think I just like the, like, the music, and probably, like, the cast, because it's got, like, a phenomenal cast, um, like, I fucking love the cast, so, yeah, anyway, I've always got IMDb open, uh, a couple tabs on my fucking computer anyway, all the time, no matter what, um, but I just started watching another series in on Prime, on Amazon Prime, and um, what I like about their um, streaming service, or whatever, is that it actually has a little tag, it's got IMDB, which of course they like absorbed that company a while back, like Amazon and IMDB is like the same conglomerate, um, <laughs> media conglomerates, because ABC is Disney but um amazon is also imdb in the way that you don't have to go to fucking imdb <laughs> if you're curious about something they have like all the they have like the carfax <laughs> they have like the imdb in the like you don't even have to leave it's fucking amazing i love it so much i've never i've never loved anything more i actually just discovered that like as far as streaming goes cuz i'm very you know i'm very picky about my media Um, especially TV, which is, like, I haven't, I haven't stumbled on anything that I actually like in years. Um, you know, um, and the more popular something is in music, TV, whatever, entertainment at all, like, the less likely I am to watch it unless there's, like, some kind of, like, like, you basically have to send, like, an ascended archangel, like, back from the fucking higher realms to be like, you must watch this. Um, cause if it's something that everybody's watching, I, I'm more likely to avoid that. Um, you know, if, if something's reoccurring though, like I said, like it has to be universally reoccurring. Like somebody has tapped in uh, like from the external dimensions to be like, watch this. It'll like, it'll keep coming up, you know, and not on the sidebar on my computer. Um, cause I, you know. That's easy, like, I already know you're watching my browsing, so so you don't, uh, you know, don't put things in my sidebar, because then I know you're watching me. Anyway, uh, what was I, oh yes, this fucking episode, fucking Desperate Housewives, Um, so it started to get a little bit, like, um, cheesy, Um, even just, like, watching it, like, again, as I got into the later seasons, I'm like, oh, they fucking, uh, you know, they probably couldn't afford Danny Elfman after a while and then like got, you know, somebody else or like just decided to like swap it and, and thought people, you know, regular people probably didn't notice but that, I was like, immediately like this is not, <laughs> this is not what it was before um, cause it's just, even though it sounds similar like you can sound like someone else all you want but you're never gonna actually really sound like that person um, musically speaking um, but I I got to this episode and what's hilarious is I was watching this whole episode and I was like, yo, it just kind of seems like and this is the theme of this uh, this this episode by the way this podcast episode um, is uh, considerations <laughs> considerations and nominations um, which I didn't realize was such a culture until I actually got into entertainment like I didn't realize like. Like during the award season like you have your formal ways of like pleasing the You know the the Academy Um, Which in you know in recent times is a lot less I think that the Academy nowadays is a lot more flexible Um, I think that every company in the world no matter what company Like what that company does is like trying to appeal to diversity, which is more annoying than anything, because it's not like you're doing it out of, um, like, you're doing it out of political correctness, not actual correctness, like you're not doing it from any moral standpoint of like, well, no, equality is important and diversity and inclusivity is important, like you're doing it because it's like affecting your, your pocket. At the end of the day, it's affecting your pocketbook. So you have to have diversity and representation for all the kinds of people that are going to, like, you know, um, spend money on, on whatever your product is. That's not... Um, I don't know. I don't think that's unique to entertainment. It kind of seems like all of the all Every company that you could possibly think of um, in marketing, which is every company, because you have to market to have, like, a, a certain kind of company is is, like, very almost, like, obnoxiously, like, forcing inclusivity and, and diversity and representation only because it's been so, like, like it's it's been so close. Like, it hasn't, there hasn't really been opportunity for people of what, like, the common, you know, of the common masses to be represented in any um, facet of any industry, whatever that, you know, industry is. So, I mean, like, I, personally I'm a, I'm a dick though like i find it annoying i'm just like oh like because because you have to like now you're like oh like are we doing are we doing the best we can and being like diverse are we doing the best we can like is does everybody feel comfortable and represented now yes did everybody get their participation ribbons like that's that's kind of how it feels but i mean like it is like the way of the world um <laughs> and um uh, c- speaking of this, this, uh, this considerable change, um, I think, I I think the series came out at a time where they didn't have to do that as much, which is cool, um, so you can kind of, like, see between the, you can kind of, you know, you can kind of see between the, the changes in, in time, because um, it, it was kind of made in, like, an era where they didn't, you know, play to crowds as much, like, p- play to the common man or or play to the audience because when shows do that it's just like a it's, it's like you might as well just dig your own grave um you you just got a foot in the ground that you're at like you're you're changing your story or the the whole purpose of your artwork because of the way that people are are reacting to it which kind of takes away from it like a lot um the theme of this episode this episode is called Eli Scruggs (laughs) <laughs> um, and I think it's to match a song on an upcoming project. I don't I don't know. I don't I haven't looked at my Ableton. I'm having that meltdown um again where it's like you have more stuff than you do space. And I'm like, I get that. Um <laughs> I get that I'm a sound hoarder I keep like multiple copies of the, like the same file just in case like something happens to it or it gets corrupted or you know like I, I just save everything uh, I don't really believe in like trash uh, like you know or scr- like just for scraps for sound I don't know like I I, I have way too much my computer is like yo look like you're gonna have to buy a space somewhere I'm like or I could just buy a computer <laughs> it's probably a better thing to do. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not, like, huge on production, because I keep on, uh, I keep on sitting down in my fucking DAW and being like, you can't save this, or like, this, this, that is missing, but, uh, (laughs) I don't know, I just got so off track right now thinking about my, um, the amount of crap that's in there, um, but here I was, caught on a moment thinking about Eli Scruggs, I got to this fucking stupid episode, where I'm sitting here like, this episode doesn't, like, make sense. <laughs> it's literally out of nowhere, and it seems so uh, contrived. I love that word for this, because it is. Um, and so now we're going to talk about how Eli Scruggs has um, dominated our entertainment industry, because at the end of the episode, <laughs> by the end of the episode, I'm like, you know what? This, this is just too strange. I'm almost... Thinking that this was made specifically to win an Academy Award, um, and I'm not, I'm not. I think at the end of the episode, it did say like for your consideration, and I was like, ah, yes. But I had already gotten to that conclusion by the time I got to the end of the episodes. I'm like, did they write this episode like specifically for the Academy, like to like f- like to win the Academy Award, and it did, by the way. Um, win the Emmy that year. Um, yeah, I yeah, won sweeps, you know, of course, in any category. I'm, I'm noticing that about the academies, too, is that they'll have their sweeps. Like, they're, they're artists that just, like, come and take everything, or the shows that come and take everything for, like, a number of years, um, until the next generation of, like, artists come and do that. I think Billie Eilish, Taylor Swift, they're taking sweeps. Um, and that's what they're going to do. They're just going to get all the Grammys for like the next couple of years um, in, the, in the same categories as they've always gotten. And that's just kind of how it is, which I guess is why other artists now are like, yo, fuck the Grammys. Like, it's just commercial. It's just this and just that. But it's still the most highly coveted award in music. Um, it still means something, like if you, even if you just got Grammy nominated, like, and you never won, all your shit is gonna still say, like, Grammy nominated, just to get people to pay attention to it. Um, or Academy Award winning, or Academy Award nominated, whatever, but, um, I was laughing my ass off through this episode, and it was, it was literally, like, so cheesy, had nothing, what was crazy about it, it was that it was centered around a character that never appeared, ever never ever appeared in the series ever before but like everybody knew all of a sudden and the whole episode was about this dude and i was like this is way too contrived i'm like it seems like they're playing just to the academy and then at the end it was like oh for your consideration i'm like oh yeah wow i called it and then i had to like double google it or like imd pro was like yo what is this episode like (laughs) and what's funny is i i Um, Must be a little bit more common than I thought. Because I think when I Googled it, other people were like, yo, what the fuck is up with this episode? It doesn't make any sense. And I'm just like, oh, like, I guess this is where my my leg up as an entertainer comes in. Because I already knew, like, halfway through the episode, I was like, oh, they're trying to win an Academy. Or at least, like, appease the Academy. uh, To say, like, okay, this is our entry for the Academy. Like, how do we do um, you know, like, how do we do? Um, but I don't know, God damn it! when I like a show, I like everything about it. Like, I'll like its showrunner, I like its cast, I like its music, I, I like the CSA, you know? Like, I'll, I'll like everybody in the credits, <laughs> like, all the way down to the end of the credits. But I don't know, I got to that episode and I was like, yo, I'll be damned if this is not, like, specifically, like, for an Emmy and it was um and it did win but now um man that shit has been so fucking and it's the most random fucking name the most literal ancillary character that has ever been written ever um but I think the whole point was (laughs) like this this device is so important because it's so commonly occurring like now you could almost listen to like a song or or something from start to finish, and be like, well, like, this is written for the appeal of something, like, this is, this is written, like, like, you know, I'll easily just stamp off, like, this is Eli Scruggs, because, like, you're not writing this because, uh, like, you're not necessarily writing it for the art form, like, you're writing it for the Academy, or you're doing it for the Grammy, like, you're not, you know, it's like, a whole new meaning of do it for the Gram, um, which I don't. I wish I liked Instagram more, but mostly the algorithm has just decided that I'm ugly um, and that, you know, um, that I'm ugly. So I stay off Instagram because <laughs> that's just where I don't go. Um, I'm not, I, I, I don't know. Apparently I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right, but um I think that like i said i think i just know too much about too much and so now everything like if it if it sounds like an eli scruggs it's an eli scruggs which doesn't make sense to anybody but me but i think i i wanted to take the time to explain it because um one of my favorite albums from last year at all got nominated and i was like you're not gonna win (laughs) um but uh and I still haven't seen K5, which is weird, I think that you should, I think that you should pronounce the X in K5, like KX5 sounds way cooler than K5, but whatever, um, that's what it is, and um, I'm, I'm like not a huge Cascade fan at all, um, he gets, uh, he gets props for being Mormon though, cause that's, <laughs> that's what happens, um. I like Mormons, and so Cascade's cool in that way. I think I have I have two songs that I've ever liked by Cascade, period, but um, when it came down to it, and I was in LA last year, um, and I really wanted to go to the show at the Coliseum, it was so hilarious to sit on the fucking, like I was sitting on the train, because um, I, I ended up of course not being able to go. but. I was on the train with all these people who were like on the way to the Staples Center because I was actually, I was staying like right around the corner. Um, Wait, no, from LA Coliseum, it wasn't at the Staples Center. I was near the Staples Center, but also near LA Coliseum. It's like, you know, LA. But uh, I'm on the train (laughs) and all these people, like nobody was there to see the other half. Nobody was there to see Dead Mouse. Everybody was there to see Cascade, but they're like, oh yeah, but uh, it was like he was a ghost um but that's that's why i like k5 cuz i'm a huge dead mouse fan like i can't fucking i can't escape my dead mouse fandom at all um it's even in my music which sucks it makes sense though because like i don't know i feel like i, I slipped into an accidental hypnosis <laughs> where i like programmed myself to write fucking drum patterns like complex drum patterns in my sleep accidentally because i fucking i like programmed myself to sleep to dead mouse for like a year like i had to i don't know like if i'm if i'm tearing apart this series like that entire like two years of where i had to sleep in environments that were fucking like recklessly obnoxiously loud for like two years (laughs) um it now makes sense (laughs) like when i'm sitting here like oh like these drum patterns just write themselves, but I don't know. It, it, like I, I don't know. I can't. I can't explain that. Maybe that's the whole point. um but I don't know. I can't. I can't escape my fandom. I um, I love that music. I was late to the game um, because because I specifically did not want to listen to Dead Mouse when it was popular because I was babysitting my fucking little cousin, and she was irritating and deadly. Um, and I was like, I don't want anything having to do with this, but uh, it comes back around. So now, as a DJ, especially, um, I don't know. I I think, I think it would be hard to get through any of my days without Dead Mouse. I'm just I'm just gonna be honest. Like, that's that's my uh, that's my catch all. That's like my safety. And when when I first met Jetro in Mexico and he was like oh he was like going through my music library um because I um taking advice from another DJ I was at a show in Seattle and he was like oh I'm a I'm a rhythm DJ well you know what kind of what do you play and uh, I think at the time it was just um like whatever I think I just played (laughs) I played a lot of whatever and um and he was like, where do you get your music? And I was like, wherever. I literally got wherever from whatever, but I'm like, oh, I downloaded it. If I get, you know, I'll, I'll rip it off YouTube or whatever. And he was like, well, and I wasn't playing shows yet. This is this is before. Yeah, this is before I even did that launch this like the soft launch or the hard launch of the festival project in uh, Orlando. Um, yeah, he was like, y- you know, if you're gonna be like an actual like play DJ, like you're gonna want music that you own. Otherwise, like, y- like he- we just got into a conversation. He was dating my cousin. <laughs> um, he was like, uh, you know, you're gonna need music that you own. You're gonna want to invest in in buying music to play, specifically because you're gonna want the highest quality. You're gonna want blah blah blah. And I was like, well, geez, you're right. You know um so when it came down to it and i had you know not disposable income because no income is disposable unless you're like a bazillionaire um you know no income is disposable period but when you're a bazillionaire you can stand to lose like 200 million dollars and be still fine (laughs) um yeah i i get mad when i lose five dollars in the wash machine anywho (laughs) Um, yeah, so when I had, I had a bundle and I was like, yeah, well, and, uh, things had gotten, things had gotten by that time pretty serious, like, DJ-wise, like, I wasn't just a baby DJ anymore, like, opportunities were presenting themselves a lot more to, like, become more of the creator than I wanted to, um, and so I was like, okay, well, it's, it's time to, to buy you know music and when it came down to it i i like um i picked legends like i i've talked about it before but i mean like more in detail i picked people that i knew were like staples um in in dance music in the in the kind of like music that i wanted to to create dance music like for for the festival scene specifically um you know so this was um this was like my I was like okay well like how can I not fail <laughs> um how could I not fail when it comes to like being a DJ Wh- who whose tracks do I know are, are going to be like fire no matter what and I can mix them with anything and I picked um Carl Cox um <laughs> I picked Benny Benassi I picked Above and Beyond. Um, uh, I'm forgetting very briefly how to say this man's name. Armin Van Buren. <laughs> um, who else did I pick? And Dead Mouse, of course. Um, and that was me buying literally like all the music that I could afford of like all those people's or like all. Like the the best, not even like the highest grossing, but like the best albums from those people. And when it came to Dead Mouse, it was like I I just I think I I think I just bought whatever was available, Um <laughs> which ticks me off because now looking at like looking in iTunes, there's more stuff available now than there was then, and I'm like I don't have all of it, and I think that gets under my skin because I'm like I think I might like <laughs> you know. um I don't really do um I don't really do like merch <laughs> or anything like that. Like I won't fucking I'm like $80 for a fucking hoodie. Come on. Um but I you know, I'm enough of a Dead Mouse fan that I've like considered I'm like, "Should I get this bobblehead?" <laughs> yes. Anywho. <laughs> um yeah no um and when it came down to it what was funny it was like that was a blind purchase so i spent maybe like however much money it cost to buy all those albums and and that that was like my i think that was like my intro that's like when i first started putting mixes on the series at all um is like just after that because i realized that my mixes were short because i didn't have anywhere else to go like i couldn't Um, I couldn't pitch bend enough and I couldn't, like, jump keys with, like, what I had. I couldn't, like, I couldn't finish a full hour set. Like, all of my sets were, like, a half hour um, or less because I couldn't, like, I couldn't mix anything with anything else. There was no more, uh, I had no more places to go with the music that I had. So after I did that and then I had, like... That's that, what's funny about that is that's when I started like playing shows. Um, and I would always, I would actually always avoid the Dead Mouse because I liked it. Um, so that said, that same weekend, might as well just finish telling this story. Um, so I had a bunch of this music, and that was the same, that was like I said, around the same time of like doing the hard releases because I started, I did a, I did a soft release of the festival project in Seattle um when i i think that was that same uh festival it had to have been yeah, it had to have been um, <laughs> soft release in Seattle and then like uh or was it a, i don't know i don't know um and then I did the same one at like the e d c and a half e d c and a half when was that i don't know it was like all around the same time. And I wasn't enjoying any of my festivaling at all. It was all for promotions, all of the fucking, all of the tickets that I bought were like investments because I wasn't like looking forward to going. I think I went in like jeans and a t-shirt most of the time or like a sweater, <laughs> you know, um, some streetwear uh, off Amazon, you know, like a $20 fucking outfit or whatever. Um, where when I was a raver, like I was just so like into like all of it like the fashion and like my candy had to match my outfit type shit making candy for like hours I missed that part of myself I'm not gonna lie um but that part of myself can't exist anymore because I don't like I don't enjoy going to a festival after all this I can't um I I can't say that I in a place where I see like like I could enjoy it you know um but Probably not without, like, some degree of, like, success in dance music or in my career or whatever the fuck, you know. I might just be a librarian. Then I'll rave my ass off. Um, <laughs> whatever. I'm not going to be quiet all day. <laughs> Kidding. Um, Anywho, um, I went to the EDC and a half, <laughs> and I already had all this music. And um, that that was my first Dead Mouse show, was, and <laughs> I don't think that I had played or played with like any of the music that I had already purchased, but I had already purchased it. And when I went to Dead Mouse, um, which is like the only memorable set from that weekend, I don't remember anything else being cool except for I finally got on the fucking the ride like the swinging ride uh that apparently insomniac bought from <laughs> Neverland Ranch <laughs> the Michael Jackson swinging chair ride that's like the only thing i remember and i was stone cold sober um but other than that yeah this dead mouse um that was my first dead mouse show and i never had any interest in um seeing seeing dead mouse or um being dead mouse cuz why and um, and I went and I actually enjoyed it. And um, I enjoyed it more than I thought that I was going to enjoy it. So after that, I didn't play it in my sense. I was like, I like this music. This music's for me. And so I just, like, avoided it in my fucking library until I met Jethro in Mexico. And um, he had um, he had so much music and crap. And he was like, "I'm gonna give you some, but I want to see what you have first, so I can like match it." And I was like, "Okay." Uh, and he was like, "Oh, good, you play Dead Mouse." And I was like, "No, I don't." And he <laughs> he gave me this look, and this kid, twenty years old at the time, um, he was like, "My father is DJ. His father is DJ." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up, bro." Uh, <laughs> but it's true. Uh, he's he's cool and uh, he was like oh good you play dead mouse and i was like i don't and he he gave me this look and i just i can't forget the look in his eye because it, it was like the sun hitting his face and his weird hazel eyes he like looked at me in the eye and his eyes like glimmered and he was like no you play dead mouse and i was like okay <laughs> like that was the authority but like i don't know his voice still rings around in my head when i'm fucking producing um <laughs> every time i every time I go get a compressor, I'm like he was like, "You must to compress your drums because he came to my he came to my pad one day and it was just like and we had this like uh like basically a uh, what are those things called a workshop like he basically just came to my fucking um, spot and we just like produced all day and um <laughs> he, he was like, he was like being like a fucking, uh, what's it called? I hate people with motorcycles. I really do. Or they're not even motorcycles. They're those little, like, little fucking bitchy, I don't know. People take the mufflers off their shit, but the police have more important things to do. <laughs> um, than noise control and like peace maintenance. Like, to me, I'm like, you're disturbing the peace, bro. Like, nobody wants to hear your fucking. Financial issues and woes all over the fucking streets. Yeah, I'm like, so you can't afford like a fucking Prius or like anywho. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I started play. I started playing it because he told me to. <laughs> Jethro, I did. I did whatever he said because he was like such a drill sergeant about it, and just like I don't know. That dude was like a little god to me because <laughs> he's like twenty years old fucking dj'd all his life like he ran my push into the ground like he's an amazing fucking person um but he he gave me this look and he was like he was like oh good you you play dead mouse i was like i don't and he was like you do i was like oh okay but um (laughs) i did start getting like a lot more like it it went from like you know entry level to like serious after that because now my mixes were you know um like it it's a very dead mouse musically is a very good tool like for building bridges and connections it mixes with almost anything and it is very very uh uh precise like it has almost no slipping um so so mathematically like the, and that music is so mathematical everything just kind of adds up and fits together and so it gave me more uh it gave me more you know, ability to be creative, um, you know, as such. Um, let's see, where was I? Oh, but I hadn't, when I, when I bought that music, I had never um, attended attended live and then enjoyed myself so much because his fans are super nice and has the nicest fans. Um, Dylan Francis's fans are nice, but they're kind of creepy. I'm not gonna lie. Um, that dude has some like weirdos in his audience. Um, but not as weird as Skrillex, just to fucking just to iterate where we are like in this series I'm like very grounded and present um, <laughs> You know, very lucid um, I I still don't know what's in that dude's fucking cereal, but um, He scares me in you <laughs> um, Yeah, he has the sweetest fans. I wasn't even trying to be on the fucking um, front row but like somebody like invited me there. <laughs> they were like, "Hello, would you like to be right here?" And I was like, "Oh, nice." I said, "Yes," <laughs> you know. Um, and then, um, yeah. So that's that's that. Where was I going? Oh, this fucking KX five, and just not winning. But you know, <laughs> I, I, I love that album so much. Their K five. It's it's KX five. Whatever um their their little super group um wasn't expecting the album which was cool because I remember um seeing that it was like a full I was like oh it's like a whole thing now and then like realizing that the album was in Eli Scruggs (laughs) um that I didn't realize at the time I was just like oh um, I didn't know it was like written like for your consideration, but I mean like to go up against Skrillex in any fucking category, you would have to be in a super group um, and still lose. But <laughs> either way, um, I'm not like I have I've never felt this way about like the actual like uh, like mainstreamness of the, because um, I mean like everything is of course now for consumer appeal and everything's like for mass appeal, um, so I I mean like, oh, there's just so much good music being like overlooked by people that you'll never ever, ever know who they are um, because of Skrillex or you know, or likewise because of blank, because of this, because of that. But I mean, it's the, like the media, It's gotten, like, the machine has gotten so good at understanding the algorithm that works, like, that there's no escape from it. Like, you can't escape the machine now because that's what works. So, I mean, like, music has become um, algorithmic that way, like, that, okay, well, it's going to be in this key, and it's going to be tuned to this frequency, and it's going to be this, and then it's a hit. Or it'll at least be, like, repetitive enough to, like, if if you play anything um, repetitively, like, it becomes a form of hypnotism, but if that, if what you're playing repetitively is, like, is literally made, um, you know, bending these frequencies to certain ways that make, you know, um, humans do certain things, like, it's definitely, um, like, it's definitely gonna have a cause and effect, um, on your, on your numbers, I'm not not sure, but, uh, I actually, I actually enjoyed that K5 album more than I did the, um, the other, (laughs) just because Quest for Fire, as good as it was, was not, um, incredible, like, it wasn't Scary Monsters incredible, because nothing can be that after that, like, you can't duplicate that, like, you know, you can't, um, it's also more collaborative, so, of course, it's not just, like, plain, you know straight up Skrillex, which is delicious um probably not good for you especially in large portions or doses but uh or me maybe I just like I have an allergy to the dude um but it, it's uh it's uh i don't know i i can't <laughs> <laughs> i can't um I can't wrap my mind around what's actually like happening in the world right now um I think I'm just now figuring out that it's like a a game of, like it's several games being played at once, um, but this algorithmic game of like the controllers and the fucking, I don't even know what to call the people that aren't the controllers, the weird fucking remote control human people that aren't really necessarily even much more sentient than your average AI. Uh <laughs> Or at all, you know, just these weird computer remote control body people, Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have a name for them. Like, but there's definitely like aspects of, of, like this this system where it's like, okay, well, how many, like, okay, so you can move people, that's cool. You can get somebody to dance or, or shake their head or you know bop to it. But like, how many people can you do that with, and, like when when you're leveraging this control like how how long can you stay in this power like how long can you balance this many people you know like i don't know it's it's definitely a lot of like playing god but uh but uh k5 and the eli scruggs that's that's this one as much of a point as i didn't cut like i didn't come full circle with my point but i kind of did because because i didn't realize that that um, that's what it was until I was looking dead at it in the face and I was like oh okay this is for your consideration oh, all right well I mean like it was really good um, the album was great um, and I was hoping that it would win but it, when I saw that it was in the same category I was like <laughs> yeah no um, no because this uh, this Skrillex dude is on a second comeback in the fame game and it's like it's almost, it's it's really rare for somebody to climb all the way to the top and then hide and then, like, come back still at the top and, like, can't, like get in and out twice, like, unscathed. Um, and this is just from, like, my standpoint um, at the bottom or underneath the pyramid because I swear to God I'm a sarcophagus. And, um, you know, like, just kind of seeing it from where I'm at. But, uh, it's, like, I can't say unscathed. <laughs> you don't know if he cries, you know, on the toilet and holds his gravity Like, yeah, why me? But, you know, whatever. I, th- I think it's very much, like, the opposite of that. <laughs> like, yeah, I, um, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. yeah um, <laughs> Try not to think about what other artists are doing in their spare time because of the way that I've learned that, like, I am post-fucking-project. Like, now I understand my process to the point where I'm like, holy shit, like, I'm not normal. I, you know, I may never be that famous because I'm not a white male. <laughs> and I'm not Beyonce, so there's really no way to be that famous without being those two things. Um But, <laughs> but uh... Yeah, that's, like, uh, I, I'm definitely not normal, I'm definitely not, like, there's, there's nothing in my brain that's, that can make me societalize, um, to the point of being like, oh, like, like, I tried it, <laughs> you know, like, I tried being normal, and everything in my, in, in me was like, what, like, the fuck, it's, uh, it's strange even waking up in the morning because I know that it feels like, it feels wrong. It feels like I'm not supposed to. Um, but, you know, lately I'm not playing. I'm, I'm not doing tons of producing just because of the, um, like, uh, the amount of space that I have on my computer. And all, and also the, um, the setup of my new studio is not as spread out as I'd like. So I'm still building... Um, myself as a person i'm still building myself as an artist but like what i've been thinking for myself is that um and i I realized how good i did with the the sound treatment in this room because i was listening to the last recording and from the um from the walk just from my kitchen to my studio is fucking like a whole world of difference. So I did do good. I did good on the sound panels. It took forever to get the sound panels up, um, but I got them and uh, it is good. The sound is a lot, here and here is nice, um, but I haven't really been doing any recording vocals. I do have a, um, you know, Um, now I have to deal with, like, regular problems. Like, I have a neighbor that fucking dislikes the sound of me breathing. Um, and so, um, historically this neighbor has thought that it's okay to just like bang on my walls but I, th- I think that um it's probably best to not like bang on the walls of like a rabid animal or like cough on the neck of a rabid animal <laughs> like it, at some point this weird demon thing that wants to destroy me is gonna like take the whole world out with it so, so I'm not like and I'm not I'm not saying that with like any kind of like hatred or disdain, I'm just like, yo, whatever, you want to play with magic, you want to play with fire, cool, but at some point you have to realize that you are poking a bear, (laughs) you know, Um, and it's weird, because a year ago I might have been somebody that could sit here and like, not really, a year ago I wouldn't have sat here at all, Um, but I definitely wouldn't have been like tossing out any empty threats, like, I'ma come get you. I, will, you know, like, I don't, I'm a very non-violent, very passive person um until, you know, until um so, th- you know, that being said, I think I've I think I've had to develop like parts of me that are not necessarily me but have to be now because it's like now I'm more built for survival. Um in a way that like, hey, I'm not going to start a fight, but I'll I'll fucking end it, you know? Um like I'm not going to go, um, poking holes and stuff, but, um, I'm definitely gonna be in the mindset of, like, total preparedness and survival at all times, because now I understand, and I didn't before, I will say this, is that I didn't understand this about, like, the human game of survival, is that, yes, evil exists in the world, period, and sometimes it's just gonna do what evil does and, like, come get you, because that's, like, the whole thing, is it exists just to fucking get you like sometimes people are not going to like you, you know, and you're going to have to deal with that. You're going to have to deal with politics. You're going to have to deal with like, if you do make it, you know, up in any kind of way, people coming at you, coming for your spot or seeing you on the rise and wanting you to stay, you know, um, stay down, you know, stay in a lower realm, stay in a lower vibration. Um, now I understand like, 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 guess i understand like human hostility a little bit more than i ever have in just kind of being that that disney kid and kind of having that that really like fantastical imaginative like you know mindset of not really understanding that like there are and this is not just in your head like what's fucked up about the world today is that they will tell you that all the bad stuff is in your head when in fact like the bad stuff is the thing that puts bad things in your head like you're not just going out like oh like I like I hope something bad happens like you're not always drawing those things to you sometimes they just happen and this is like a fact of life Um, what I think is, like, backwards about, like, psychology or just, like, mental health today is they're, like, it's okay to not be okay. Like, it has to be okay to not be okay because, like, we're pretty much in, like, a broken computer system from the way that I'm understanding it. Like, that's trying to fix itself but has no human, like, like it has no human design. So, I mean, like, you know, human nature is, like, based on nurture and computers don't have that like they just have survival so I mean like are you fit for survival and if the computer doesn't see you as that you're gonna get sorted into basically like the loser pile where you're gonna like lose a lot of like geniuses and you're gonna lose a lot of people like people that could cure cancer if if they wanted cancer to be curable because it's curable anyway But, but uh you know like you're gonna lose a lot of people because it's being sorted by something that's not people um I'm, I'm, I don't know, um, like I said, I'm being very, uh, I'm, I'm being as kind to myself as possible, because I am people, um, but, uh, I'm also trying to, like, evolve from, from, <laughs> from peopleness. you know, like, I'm trying in the best way I can to, like, move, like forward into a way that like this this world this weird money materialistic world is like fixable and like it really is in the creator's mind or imagination like the future that can be built and so there you know like I still I still really have a Disney mind where it's like there's got to be a happy ending or else it was literally for nothing um there has to be some kind of like solution there has to be some kind of um You know, there has to be some kind of, like, beauty in this, in, you know, any kind of finality. Um, You know, things that just, like, start and end without reason whatsoever. I mean, like, I'm kind of getting into that with this new genre. With abstract, I'm definitely getting into, like, doesn't have to make sense. Doesn't necessarily um, have to, you know, tell stories in, like, the traditional way. Doesn't necessarily have to have a beginning, middle, and end um, you know, like, breaks rules in all the ways that you can break rules, uh, without, like, pissing too many people off, you know, um, as far as, like, a genre goes, because you can't, you, (laughs) like, you can make something and call it, like, oh, this is dubstep, but if it doesn't follow certain rules, then it's not, and, you know, then it, it doesn't technically fit into that category, um, like, yeah, I don't know, um, I don't know, um, but I've been telling myself, I, I need an Eli Scruggs, like, do, do I really want a Grammy? Well, yeah, what, what musician, what red-blooded American musician, and I feel almost like I'm, like, the Kurt Sutter of music, um, Kurt Sutter is a writer that I very, very much respect, um, very, very much respect in, in the, in, at all like just as a you know as a writer um but when he had his his time his heyday which was during Sons of Anarchy um very good show I think I don't think I'm um, maybe maybe in the very end I think by the time it mattered like I wasn't really watching like whether or not it was gonna win the Emmy right am I on the right yeah yeah um, but I do remember specifically one year it was like, it was like supposed to be nominated and then not and then and then Kurt Sutter got like mad but her He was like, "Yo, what the fuck? Fuck it! I don't need a I don't need a fucking Emmy. Fuck it. Fuck the Academy." But then I think got nominated next year and like didn't win. I can't remember what the situation was, um, but I just remember him kind of being like a poor sport about it, like <laughs> like kind of being like, erg. Um like." Uh, I think going on like a rant, maybe uh I would have to revisit it. It's been that long, but I remember it happening at the time and i i I think about him every time I think about myself and the Grammys um <laughs> um like I said in my last my very last recording before this, I'm not sure what order they're gonna go up in at all um, uh, <laughs> like i I think about myself when it comes to like i'm like that's probably me like i'm gonna want it forever and never get it (laughs) like like uh or maybe even get nominated one year and then like taylor swift wins i don't know (laughs) i don't i i can't say we would ever be in a category together we might i'm not sure (laughs) what what category would that even be but um yeah um I think that's me, me and my Grammy experience. So, like I said in the last recording, I can't remember when I started wanting one, but now that I've had a minute to think about it, I think I, I, uh, I think I do. Um, well, I think it was more like this and that. I like, uh, I guess it's a strange story to tell, but whatever. Um, it was. Uh, I mean, like <laughs> a very strange. It's a very strange hallucination um, from a near-death experience, but I, like, fell asleep in the back of an ambulance and, like, woke up at the Grammys. <laughs> and, um, and it was crazy because it was, like, I was late, but I finally made it, and um, everybody was waiting on me, and, and uh, I was late. yeah like because of course I would be late but I think that's when I started wanting it is uh when I like woke up from that and uh I don't even think that I immediately wanted it but it was just like so vivid and so real to me that experience that like I think it was at that time just kind of like implanted in my head that like that was real like now I just gotta get back to that um you know, but so much has happened since then, um, that it's, it's kind of fallen out of focus, like, I love music for the love of it, but, um, my, my, like, entire, uh, what's it called, oh, I just had it too, like, this whole battle of, like, not being, like, t- t- to me, and this is true, although it's changing, you know, because of the div- diversity in the industry, but I mean, like, my entire life, girls like Taylor Swift have run the world, and they still do, you know, um, they, they're first to be picked, and, you know, um, they're... They're like the dominating force behind anything. That's the girl the guys like. That's the 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 girl next door in the movie. That's the the ingenue. You know, if you're watching a show, that's the ingenue. If you're watching a movie, like that's the that's the the you know the definition of ideal. Um, that like for the world like not just in the United States but like you can travel outside of the United States and girls that look like Taylor Swift are always going to be in the middle of the poster they're always going to be the record breaker like they're always going to be the ones that are put at the top the most important the the most ideal the most pretty um, and I don't, I don't dislike Taylor Swift I think I was having this conversation with somebody very very recently about how I saw um, I saw somebody on the subway with, like, a bucket and, like, the bucket had no design whatsoever at all. It was just a fucking bucket, but it had, and I swear to God, in, like, aerial type font, all caps, the word TAYLOR SWIFT, or the name TAYLOR SWIFT, and I was, like, damn, like, <laughs> you know, like, I'm pretty sure she had nothing to do with that. Um, I'm pretty sure it was like her marketing team or whatever, but uh, like I was just like, wow, that's. Um, <laughs> I was like, that, you know? Uh, I think I started liking Taylor Swift right then, and it had like nothing to do with her. It was just like the fact that her marketing team. Um, (laughs) is like good enough to actually make somebody walk away from one of her events or one of her concerts with a bucket that's not even good a good enough size bucket to do anything with like it's just a bucket with her name on it i'm like holy shit bro you made somebody buy that that's like making somebody buy an umbrella in a place where it never fucking rains like i don't know what are you gonna do with that bucket (laughs) i don't know but you know it it's uh it's paying taylor swift's uh bills so (laughs) that but um yeah I I need myself an Eli Scruggs is what I said because I'm like yo if I'm gonna win this award or if I'm gonna strive to win this award like how do you strive to win an award um that's basically just gonna be like handed to you if you're in the right family i'm not sure i don't i don't necessarily think it should be allowed for babies to win fucking grammys like just because they're related to the person that was actually the creative force because now we're building like a new dynasty of like privileged people that are of course gonna come ahead of the people who have to build themselves from the ground up Um, you know, which is, it's not fair, like, of course, nothing in life is fair, welcome to life, life's not fair, blah blah blah, but I mean, like, we're looking at an industry now of, like, people's, like, sons and daughters, like, you you can click on anybody's fucking, like, bio, and, like, oh, it's crazy, like, nine out of ten times... At least 8 out of 10 times, it'll be like, oh, is the is the daughter of this person who's already famous and this person who's already famous? Or, like, has parents in the industry? Or, like, ha- like has family in the industry? So it's, like, all nepotism. Which is, I'm, like, I'm looking for somebody that didn't come up on the coattails or somebody that was, like, already there like you know like or didn't grow up in LA and just had like the whole industry in their backyard you know like like where are those people who actually like pulled themselves up from nothing at all Uh, because I'm nowhere in the industry like it would be me when I'm not there and um like I, I have to spend a lot of time not on my phone because all instagram will let like instagram will just pretty much call me a loser be like you're a loser you're a loser you're a loser i'm like okay and yes that's the part that is in my own head but like no at the same at the same time it's not a lot of these apps and algorithms are like made to put you in a in a place where you're either gonna buy something or be in like a uh a place of distress which of course is gonna make you buy something it's gonna make you go get that better help subscription it's gonna go make you talk to a fucking doctor and get on some kind of prescription which is a, like a huge industry you know so I don't I don't necessarily believe in any kind of corporations that are like in like that have people's actual health like in mind like it actually makes them more money when you're sick and you're stressed and you have anxiety um, it makes them more money when you're like, you know, worried, <laughs> you know, or you have to buy something to fix it, you know, um, but I'm, um, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to be friendly with myself, because I am friendly to myself, I'm like, oh, like, you're good, you're golden, um, but kind of being lost in, like, the masses, I think, is, is where, I'm at and I get it, cause it's like, well, I mean, like you pay yourself out of this hole, but then, at some point, like it's gonna get dry. Like you have to continue to feed this thing. You have to continue to like fund this like fake fame. Like you have to, you you pay for followers, cool, but then you have to pay for more followers because it's not until the next year where you get the next fucking, um, like whatever, like, everything's in fucking tears, so it's like, oh no, like, now you're on this level, but to get from this level to this level, you have to buy in, and I'm just like, well, I mean, like, you could really bleed yourself dry trying to be fucking famous, and I was only ever, like, wanting to be famous, because I really, you know, um, (laughs) I think I just let my, my, uh, my hormones get the best of me, (laughs) to be honest, like, I have eyes, Um, so, it's, it's crazy that, like, um, everything, everything in the world is sex-driven enough for me to have, like, written entire projects just based on the fact that I wanted to bang somebody. (laughs) Um, that's incredible to me, and I can't, like, do anything but be, like, dang. Um, that's, that's admirable. Um, and very, uh, I don't know, it's, it's like, it's, it's perfect. It is a very devious method. (laughs) Um, because it got me to do, you know, what I was technically supposed to do, um, just based off of this idea, um, of idealism, or, like, based on this idea of a fantasy, which is cool, um, I'm kind of, like, in a state of recovery, but I still have my muses, I'm I'm realizing, like, I can still, you know, I can still look at, like, a picture or video of somebody and it will inspire me to fucking, like, do whatever or, you know, write whatever, which is cool. I think I like that feature about me maybe even the most. I mean, it's devastating, but I guess I have to have, like, <laughs> like some some things about me are gonna be devastating because I'm an artist, and if I'm not devastated, then how would I ever write this fucking, like, devastating fucking <laughs> um, novel? But, um, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> my, my novels will probably not come out until I'm dead. I think I am that kind of artist. And um, and I, I'm starting to see myself. And even my best friend, when we were still friends, would say this all the time. She's like, yo, you're going to be really famous. Actually, everybody in my life told me that. <laughs> but this was the one bitch that was like, yo, you're going to be really famous, but you're going to be dead. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> like, yes, correct. And she would tell me that all the time, even towards the end of our friendship. she's She was just like... I remember this one time she was like staring at me, and I was like, What? <laughs> yeah, no, she just always told me I was gonna be super famous, but I'm gonna be dead first. And um, me and Ollie used to talk about it all the time, but he's not as dead as I'd like him to be, to be truthful. <laughs> like, if somebody's gonna be dead and be your best friend, like, you want them to be a little bit more of a ghost. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's cool um I guess being haunted by several ghosts um you know sometimes I get like the ghosts of Hollywood's past, I get the ghosts of whatever fucking cities past um i i uh I enter into, so that's you know me anyway this episode <laughs> this episode is pretty much over i um, really, really proud of this fucking, uh, these sound panels, um, the sound in here is good, I haven't been recording vocals, I actually, I bought a really cheap, um, like made in China isolation shield, and it like fell over anytime I looked at it, and I was like, no, I can't have this, so, I think, I think I need a more sturdy mic stand, um, to, to feel, right now I just have a condenser like it's in the shock mount but it's not connected to anything um, so I'm not doing any vocals or anything like that but I also um, like my next step is getting a, an actual recording space like a recording studio space like renting a studio um, like renting a studio so that's that's weird too <laughs> when I first started recording with this dude named Paris um, where I recorded Iambic in DTLA, um, he had just, um, started renting his studio and he was living in it at the time, and, uh, he's, he's cool, he's had, like, a few hits since then, I guess, um, that I, that I wasn't aware of, because I, like, went back to, like, record with him, and other people were, like, talking about, like, his hits, and I didn't know that they existed, um, which is cool. If somebody's famous, I'd rather, like, be on the level with them and not know that they're famous. Or, like, mega famous. Um, you know. Because it's easier that way. <laughs> it's easier. because um, then I start thinking about it too much. I'm just like, well, I, like, <laughs> you know. Um, pulling, pulling apart my existence rather algorithmically. I'm just like, holy shit, is it just because, um you know like I'm such a teenage girl sometimes I think mostly because I never got to be because I was like too busy being like a fucking adult um, but also like in a state of arrested development because I was so heavily overweight so now <laughs> being at a normal weight but being old as fuck um, going through things that I never really experienced um, before like as a regular teenage girl because I was so much more I really was like so much more confident And, like, so much more, like, had so much more of an attitude, like, not really giving a shit. I was just like, I'm fat, so what? (laughs) I'm fat all the time. Um, (laughs) Like, that was part of my fucking personality was being huge, being able to, like, to knock things over with my butt. (laughs) And, um, uh, I can still do that. I do it on accident sometimes, actually, but not as often anymore. Um, (laughs) Not as often anymore. Um... But, yeah, now I'm just so much of a teenage girl where it's just like, is it me? Like, like, why does it, why not me? Why? Oh. Like, comparing myself to other females and stuff, so, um, I don't know. My, my whole existence right now is just like, wow, like, like, what? <laughs> you know? Like, what is this actually for? I'm not even sure um but that yeah that's a very strange turn of events like I know it must be the end of the world because I'm like I'm not a like I'm I'm not a Taylor Swift listener but I'm, I like her now <laughs> and I can't call myself a fan can't name one song but you know that bucket did it for me <laughs> I'm like I want that I want that spot um yeah anywho that's the end of this episode For Your Consideration by Eli Scruggs. It's just the worst. Like, you can't, you gotta be sly about it, you know? You can't come right out and say, like, because now my thing is, like, okay, well, I mean, like, if everybody's a DJ and everybody's an artist and everybody wants a Grammy, like, maybe I don't, but that's a lie. I'd be lying if I said that. Um, But I do feel that the Academy, because they can, because they have the ability to play God and God has a sense of humor, (laughs) will now endow me with whatever fucking torture I deserve for even wanting it because I think you're supposed to go in and like not and be like oh like be like fake surprised that you're nominated but then knowing that like at least building up to it like everything that you did built up to that moment like you know at least your first one or whatever like all the hard work paid off and all those long nights and you know whatever Um, I think once it becomes industry standard, it's like, yes, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to go to dinner, and then get a pedicure, and, you know, put my Grammy where all the Grammys go, like, that's, you know, Um, but it's, uh, I think it's different, I think going into it, you're supposed to be, like, blindsided, like, really? Oh my goodness, thank you so much. I never expected this. I never wanted this at all. Like, <laughs> what the fuck ever, bro. You stayed up for 16 days straight working on four bars. like <laughs> That's, you know, um, like a, in somewhere in your, like you wanted this. Like you wanted it, promise, you know. But I think that like you're supposed to have this humility about you that like, you know, wow, like I never saw this coming. Like I never thought it would be me. Uh... Whatever, (laughs) you know, Um, how very industry and my and my love for Hollywood, because I I do, you know, I find it funny that people will play to the appeal of the academy for your consideration. Um, Award season is like my favorite in L.A. because you can just drive around. The highway and every billboard is like for your consideration, (laughs) for your consideration, and then you get into the industry and you realize that people are sending gift baskets. So it's like whoa, like, (laughs) like what was in the Skrillex gift basket? What's in here? (laughs) Is it edible? And uh, obviously it was a big one. But I mean, like when when you think about things like that, like being a being a voter a member of the academy and it's just like gift basket season (laughs) like dude like how do you pick your favorite now (laughs) like dang these guys gave me candied apples but i'm really digging this riff on this album and i'm just saying i haven't gotten a single fucking message from this person (laughs) like sorry i put all my money into the fucking album i don't have a gift basket (laughs) here's a hershey's kiss please vote for me like I don't know what the fuck like what the fuck do you like I don't know like how does it really go like in and where like who says what the highest form of high art is like when everything is considered a high art you know like I don't know so maybe you know just stop wanting it um That's the easiest fucking approach to it. But, I mean, like, for the most part, I've just stopped wanting anything. Um, And that's, that's, like, my, that's, like, my fault. Like, that's the part that's, like, in my, because I don't, you know, I don't really go anywhere without my body. And to me, my body is the reason why I'm not fucking, like, I don't have, you know, what others have. Like, to me, the reason why I don't have a spot you know in the mainstream is because of my body you know um like I didn't win the genetic lottery in, in a way that would make me um vibrate at that you know because it has it really has nothing to do with weight it has everything to do about your vibration um and the amount of energy that you put out like so <laughs> you know um I guess I'm the kind of person that just carries my trauma with me Um, To the point where I don't really, um, I don't really function well in a society where, you know, everybody wears bikinis. Um, I don't really function very well um, in this place. Um, And I'll I'll give myself that because as much as I can do to be like responsible and like, yes, actually functional on the level of like, well, I'm doing what I'm like human supposed to do. Um, but it still feels like there's something, something missing, um, and and then when I look around, you know, when I do my grocery shopping or when I go to the gym or when I'm browsing online, they're like, the thing that's missing is a body, (laughs) like, you need one of these, um, so I, uh, uh, (laughs) you know, I do, uh, I am working on getting a studio space, a rehearsal space, um, that does not share a room with my bed. Um, just because music has become, like, you know, that much of a, like, I want to be able to fucking, um, (laughs) I want to be able to scream, I want to be able to fucking, um, say what I want to say without, like, worrying about whether my neighbor is gonna fucking bang on my wall and fuck shit up. Um, I mean, like, (laughs) the worst that's gonna happen is my foot in their door, so, (laughs) so I mean, like, that's, you know, that, but also, like, it is, like... It's meant to be residential, like that's probably, if you're like a normal person, like, (laughs) your worst nightmare is having a DJ move next door. Um, But for the most part, I haven't even been the DJ next door, I've just kind of been like normal pancake eating, Um, you know, not going to the gym every day as much as I want to. Um, That's mostly just me protecting my mental health, like I can't, I can't have people coughing all over my fucking spine, um, in public all the time and think that, like, it got to the point where it's, like, going to the gym every day was, was doing more for, like, my mental health in a bad way than it was in a good way because of the, like, the journey there. I'm, like, well, fucking two hours on this train full of coughing people there and then two hours back, like, it doesn't matter how thin I am, the way that I feel mentally after that is, like, you know, like, I, um, I started to be surprised at all that I was even, like, surviving these these trips. I'm like, yo, this is not cool. Like, I should not um, feel like I want to die um, just from being around people, um, you know, that don't, I, I'm realizing a lot of things, like, some cultures don't have, like, the, the code, or, you know, in, in America, it's common decency, you cover your mouth when you cough, but after a whole fucking two years of wearing masks, some people don't. Um, you know, they just don't have that reflex anymore. Some cultures don't have that like in their in their code, like you don't have to cover your mouth. it's just a cultural thing. um some people are just weird and susceptible to demonic possession and and you know <laughs> like don't have fucking like a human soul, so that's you know <laughs> um that's yeah, I'm like yeah i I guess the world is the world. I can't do much about it except for whatever um, you know, whatever I'm doing, and, um, yeah, I I think it's just trying to be a good person, and, uh, not think so much about the things that I don't have, like, material-wise, like, (laughs) like, material-wise, I'm like, yo, um, I don't know, I I think I'd trade it all for the perfect body at this point, um, and I think that I'll probably, um, you know, considerably end up spending anything that I do make on that. Because <laughs> um, that's just, that's the way life is. That's the way cookie crumbles. I want to be like Kim K, man. I want to look like Beyonce. Like, I want to look good. And I want to be able to go out and, and feel good. Like, and I want to be able to attract the kind of people that I'm attracted to. Um, you know? but boys like bodies, men, bodies, you know, that's, like, you can be you can be a completely shit human being, but if you have a perfect body, like, then that fucking is gonna bring you, like, it's gonna even you out <laughs> to anybody who's attracted to you, you know, it's gonna even you out, like, your deficit of a personality does not matter if you have a really nice pair of tits, I promise, um, if you're a really pretty girl, everything you do is amazing and fucking, nobody's mad at you for that (laughs) at all um I can sit over here and be jealous but I can't be mad that like everything comes easy to you because your parents did something right you know um and I like my parents did a lot of right things um but (laughs) I don't think genetically like like my genetic makeup was not ready for a world of like processed goods um you know like my body is just so sensitive to everything that comes out of a box or is frozen like it's not fair cuz it's the most it, like the most expensive thing i do is eat portion sizes aside um is the fact that i'm like yo once you've had an organic apple and then you go back to the gmo apple you're like what in the fucking fuck like what, like how did you take all the flavor out of this <laughs> because it has no nutrition in it it was like pretty much just grown in a box um, you know, for consumer purposes, and that's, you know, like once you've started giving your body actual nutrition. Oh no, I'm taking my greens. Oh no, I'm taking my vitamins. Like going back to the fucking, you know, 90s kid diet of eating fucking, like, <laughs> fucking Pop-Tarts, Fruity Pebbles, Do- Doritos, like, and by the way, I'm, I'm naming shit that I love, um, Gushers, <laughs> ramen, um, you know, fucking growing up on the fucking processed food diet, basically, and then realizing that, like, my genetic makeup is not for that, like... <laughs> like my like something in my body looks at those things and goes not food fat just go straight straight to fat um you know since i was i've been looking like somebody's grandma since i was fucking seven years old Um, uh, because of the the scars that like uh processed food put on my body and i live with those scars every day um you know not being able to to be a regular person or feel very like i can be as thin as i want you know um but it when it comes down to my mental health my mental health is basically like oh shit like my my body is not what it's supposed to look like and what is it supposed to look like well according to like nike and abercrombie and all these fucking you know designers like (laughs) yeah it's supposed to look like the girl in the ad is supposed to look like the girl in the converse ad that bends over and disappears like that's what it's supposed to look like and even if there is a girl that's a little bit heavier set we're gonna put her in the back or on the end just to let you know that like we're just doing this so that those people will buy that (laughs) the people who look like that model that's in the back or on the side will buy it huh and not be like no they're not inclusive um so um i'm not i don't know like I said, I'm still I'm still pro Hollywood, e- even in all the ways that it's like this is destructive. Well, I mean, like it's a man's world, and I think like the whole point is that like man as a species, or like even as a gender, is like the most destructive thing that has ever <laughs> happened, ever. Like that's their whole basis. They come, they destroy, they move on they could they collect they you know like for guys it is very much like a game and so they conquer and destroy and then move on so i don't think i, I don't i don't think anything in the industry is going to change i don't think anything in business is going to change um like as far as like as far as any kind of changes that would make a difference. I can't say positive or negative because I'm not looking at things in a a positive or negative way. I'm looking at things in like a, a feminine and masculine way and the way the world is very masculine. You know, a majority of the things that women do is, I mean, like, you can say up and down, it's for yourself, but it's not, (laughs) you know? Like, you're wearing that tube top because you want the attention that it gives you, because you get the things that you want when somebody sees that you have a flat stomach. Like, otherwise, you would just wear a regular shirt. (laughs) You're not doing it for you. Well, you are, you're doing it for you in the way that things come to you easier, you know? Um, Because of what it does for men. Um, so I'm not sure I don't know. um, my jealousy's falling off though with age. I'm just like yo i'm so, like I'm somebody's grandma i'm definitely somebody's grandma um fucking, and I think any of the music that I'm making right now is just like uh, I just gotta make <laughs> really it's not for the Grammys at all um it's it's more. Like, I'm just trying to make the music that's going to put me in a place, that's going to put me in the same room with somebody that's going to love me, you know, um, forever. (laughs) And then, like, none of it matters. Um, Because there's, it's interesting, like, being poor sucks, period. But being poor with somebody that you love actually sucks a lot less Um, something else that I've been realizing like being being poor sucks (laughs) Um, but when you have somebody to like struggle with it's cool like when you have somebody there with you like it's fine you actually forget that you're poor Um, you forget about everything um, except for each other sometimes and that's what's cool about love Um, also realizing that like once you (laughs) love and then fall out of it um, like that hard I don't think it i don't think it happens again um so yeah i'm just trying to make music that's uh <laughs> for your consideration no um that's gonna put me in the room with with uh somebody that can stand me you know until our until our bodies give up um because this is, uh, the mind is gone <laughs> but obviously um, all the changes that I've made over the last few years have made it so like fuck, dude. I'm so healthy. I'm gonna live until I'm three hundred and six if I don't get hit by a bus, or get the death penalty by stabbing somebody for coughing. It's like <laughs> it's not. Um, it's I, I eat Whole Foods every day. <laughs> um, I work out pretty much every day. I'm getting I'm getting back to it. Um, it's not even like I've fallen off the wagon like I think I just need to sometimes like recover my own energy like I can't um I can't be in a hostile public subterranean environment for hours at a time and still feel okay like I was you know um the gym is recovery but I was coming back from the gym feeling like depleted like way in the negative um so it wasn't benefiting like cool I've got rock hard abs but I feel like actually throwing myself in front of the train not cool (laughs) um so yeah I still have rock hard abs um somewhere and uh and that's the end of this episode Eli Scruggs I don't I don't know what my Eli Scruggs (laughs) is I know that what's funny is I know that I have one um and so I don't I don't know which realm it comes out of. I haven't really been paying attention to anything that I've written at all, because um, I started to get really overwhelmed with like the timelines. Um, and it, I, like it, the fucked up thing is, like the eighth season, presumably on paper, like is pretty turned up. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, um, but I got so overwhelmed with everything that was happening in my immediate environment that I just kind of like disconnected from. Um, the Legend of Super Creed disconnected from, you know, disconnected from even being a DJ. Like, I straight had somebody be like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that here. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, um, fine. But um, now that I can again, and, and you would think that I'd be fighting to get behind the decks, I'm just not like, the whole idea of, uh, fighting all these little stick-thin, really pretty girls, you know, in the industry just kills me, and it is killing me, um, but at least I know that I can acknowledge it, and I can, like, sit back from the, you know, from the somewhat comfort of my somewhat studio and think of a way to, like, be, um, a better person, you know, like, a better person just in general, like, um, without having... I I don't know without without having the hostile forces take over, because um, to me that that's all the algorithm is it's just a hostile force. Like the algorithm is gonna uh, you know, since <laughs> you know it's gonna play God but it's also gonna play the devil. Um, you know, so it's gonna tell you that you're not good enough. It's gonna tell you like it's gonna consistently throw things in your face that make you feel bad about yourself like that's all you know the apps do to me um i think i think it varies by person i think that the computer the algorithm takes everything that you are everything that you have been into consideration um so it takes you know like your bank account information your spending history your credit your habits you know everything that you've posted on social media uh, you know like your pictures whatever's in your phone Um, like in in whatever you take pictures of it takes all those things into consideration Um, and so I've I've tried battling the algorithm and like enough just to get by as like an artist because when you're on the ground like performing promoting that's all anybody wants to know is like your Instagram like where's your Instagram Um, you know fucking what are your numbers looking like and all this stuff like I I can't get that far in in Instagram, because I'm not half naked, and I'm a female, you know, um, like, it doesn't, it doesn't work unless people are, like, unless the algorithm, unless you're feeding the algorithm, so you constantly have to be posting, you constantly have to be hashtagging, like, you have to, like, it's, it's such a job, um, but my, my algorithm, and like I said, this is not for everybody, but I've, I have learned in talking to, especially a lot of women of color, um, that the algorithm is, like, against you in a lot of ways, like, you have to fucking fight that thing, so a lot of people that I've talked to, a lot of women that I've talked to, um, that are, like, in kind of the same place are, like, oh, you know, I shut my Instagram off, um, that shit is toxic, because, like, the, the computer will, like, attack your mental health, basically, um, in any way that it can in order to, like, sell you a product or in order to, you know, this or that, um, so I haven't really I ever been able to like win um with Instagram. In fact, the Instagram uh algorithm got so good at um like what's funny is I have a I have an okay relationship with my Amazon algorithm. Um but that's probably cuz I keep feeding it cuz I need things. Um <laughs> I need things and uh yeah, it's it's like got the monopoly on things um but my Instagram algorithm is just the worst um for mental health and I know that I'm not the only one like other it it tears other people apart too um so I'm not the only one I know that that algorithm is like that that if you're not a certain way um with it like uh you know if you're not basically like uh selling yourself in a certain way um then it's it's gonna come for you in a way that's not comfortable um and that's not just me other people are like yeah i had to shut my instagram off i'm like yeah um but being an artist i'm i just uh i haven't been able to to crack that battle like i get how it works with the numbers like i understand but i'm not um i i don't know i'm not enough of a pretty girl so that 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 medium actually works for me like it doesn't it's all it's vanity based um so it's I'm not gonna win that one (laughs) um but yeah uh that's the end of this episode I can't remember what I was gonna say it was really important but obviously not um yeah I think I'm just kind of an underground artist I have been for a while but I mean like really underground to the point where it's like Yo, I'm not going to pay a bunch of robots to fucking make it look like people are listening to my shit just so fucking other people will listen to my shit. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. I wish I could time travel back to, like, the beginning, you know? Like, you know? If it was as easy as just being, like, a little creeper on Facebook or, like, fucking, you know, clicking around and, and doing it that way, then... I, you know, I'd be all for it, but my mind was not in the music industry when, uh, Facebook first started, or MySpace was around, you know, I was more concerned about, like, changing the skin on my, MySpace, because I have still yet to find a way to change the skin on my body uh, to reflect what's going on inside of it, so, um, with that being said, this is a long, long episode that I now have to sit through, um, (laughs) yeah, so, uh, welcome back, this is gonna be a, a long, hard ride, but I think it'll be worth it in the end, um, you know, getting out some of the music that I don't think is gonna see the light of day in any other way. Um, than this series, um, which is, I don't know, it's a little bit disheartening, like, nobody would give a fuck about anything that I had to do or say if it wasn't attached to Skrillex, Um, and that attachment is, like, (laughs) undying, however, it, like, there's a, a mirror series that has my name on it, has no, no Skrillex on it, and it's got, like, a low fucking rating, even though it's the same series, um, so, I mean, like, that just kind of goes to shows that it's not really, uh, it's, it's not me, but it is. Like, I'm not that, so I can't be that. Um, which is disappointing. <laughs> it sucks. But, you know, um if anything it's just been an exercise in in realizing how equality is not a thing like it's, it's not a thing these two series are the same thing this one has skrillex on it and this one does not they they both have the same content 110 percent this one has a fucking five star rating and global cult following and this one does not you know um so I don't know. Like I it I think the la- a lot of the last 5 years has been like sitting here and reflecting being like okay like wh- why does this exist and why is it not me? Like where <laughs> like like I was just destined to be a loser because like <laughs> and then I'm just here. Like I don't I don't get it. Like I don't get how life is like well here's the life show and here's everything that is and here's what you are but here's everything that is and these are all the people that are making it and successful, but here's where you are, but here's all this. Like, why even show me this? (laughs) Like, ignorance is so much bliss, you know? Um, When you just don't know that there's, like, levels. Like, when you don't know that there's levels, then you don't have to fucking figure out how many levels there are. Life is so much simpler when you're not consistently reminded of the fact that it's a game. And that, no matter what, like you started with like the least chips <laughs> like this is, this is the game <laughs> this is what you're starting with here's you know everyone around you is starting with these chips, but here's what you're starting with go like I, i'm I don't know um, God is seeming more and more like a sadist every day um that's a joke actually like i'm i'm ta- I'm being taken care of in a way that um that il- elicits like praise to god um and I still do have a really firm firm belief um yeah but also people come up to me and fucking cough on the back of my neck and expect like expect for that to like keep being okay and uh the day that it's not it's not going to hurt anybody but me like I'm just going to catch a charge you know like I'm going to end up somewhere i th- I think that's the point if somebody puts that kind of curse on you like where people cough at you and on you no matter where you go like so gross uh Like, I think that's the point, is that person, like, wants you to fail in, like, such a way that, like, if you lose your mind, like, if you punch this person in the face for coughing on you, you're gonna go to jail, like, and then what are you gonna do when you're in jail? Are you gonna be making music in jail? No. Are you gonna be fucking, like, promoting yourself in jail? No. Are you gonna be DJing in jail? No. Um, but (laughs) at this point it's just more of becoming, like, an agoraphobia, like, oh, okay, so, like, don't go in public ever? Fine. (laughs) You know? Like, don't be out there like that. Um, you know? Fine. Cool. Like, I'll find another way to fucking, um, you know, create space for myself in the future that's not shitty. Um, that's not shitty. Ta-da! End of the episode. Um, congratulations if you got through it. It's like an hour and forty some minutes of me talking, um, but it's all good. You know, it's all in uh, in a state of mind that's acknowledging the fact that I can move forward and beyond. Like my my wildest dreams and imagination and my creation. Like I don't ever expect. Um, the things that are happening to happen um, in, you know, in the way that when they do, I guess there's still a fair amount of magic, like, left in the world. Like, enough that I can continue to kind of see, like, a, a bright, you know, future. Like, just enough magic left in the world for me to believe in it, and that's cool. So I guess I still have my Disney-ness about me. Um, in one way or another, you know, um, <laughs> really starting to miss miss Supercree um, a lot, a lot. Um, but just being disconnected from that world. So enjoy the series. Thank you for listening. Oh, I've been forgetting to say that um, because I I haven't been recording, so it hasn't been um, where it's like people are listening. But thank you, thank you for listening. Um, if you're here, you know, listening, that means that you've been listening, probably from the beginning. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate that because I don't think, like I said, if if it wasn't attached to Skrillex, I don't think anybody would care what the fuck I was doing. I think this has been a perfect exercise in that um that it's just you know that energy and what it is and that's incredible and I still I think that there are scientists in a lab right now trying to figure out what the fuck makes that happen um but um it's it's cool that nobody knows it's for the better so that's the end of the episode (laughs) see you next time um trying to I'm trying to fucking convince myself to do a mix right now but I'm just like